Good morning, church. My name is Kyle Riley, and I am the minister to students here at our Longview campus, and I am beyond excited to be here opening God's word with you on this special day. If you don't know it, this is National Youth Pastor Gets to Preach Day, and so I'm here with you getting to do that, and I'm so excited. Yes, thank you for the cheers. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, Today, uh, we have stepped into a new year. We're in 2022, which means we made it through 2021, which is crazy with its highs and its lows and everything that we had to walk through. But one thing I wanna do this morning is I wanna encourage you this year in 2022 to walk with God. That is the title of this morning's message, Walk With God. And so if you have, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me into Matthew chapter 14. We're gonna look at one of my favorite stories. But walking with God, as you turn Walking with God is often used to characterize the Christian life. We're often told, hey, you just need to walk with God. Or we look through the Old Testament and look at the people of Israel. They were sojourners, meaning they wandered and they walked and they were on a journey to get home to God. We look through the Old Testament, go to David where he writes the Psalms, Psalms 23, where you see, yeah, I walked through, I walked through the valley shadow of death. The shepherd is guiding him. He's leading him. He's leading him on a journey to the Lord's Supper. And we continue forward and we see that Moses was guided by God to walk in a journey, but we go to the New Testament where we find passages where Paul and, and the author of Hebrews encourages us to run the race, to finish the race. And time and time again, we see that language used that we need to walk and continue moving and pressing forward towards the goal. Not that we've perfected it, but that we look to Jesus to be the founder and perfecter of, of our faith. And so this morning, I want to look at faith is walking with God trusting God's word every step you take. And there's some in this room I know, I wanna encourage those who, maybe today's the day you need to take that first step of faith. Maybe you've been hearing all about this Christian walk, but today's the day where you truly look with utter dependence to Jesus and continue to walking forward through life. You step out in courage and boldness in Christ. Maybe that's a step of obedience and baptism. But there are some in this room who have given their lives to Christ, who have been walking, but the winds and the waves and the chaos of this world has been pressing against you. And you feel burdened, you feel a heaviness, you feel fear. And I wanna encourage you that you can continue walking with God because it is the great I am who you are walking with and he is helping you in this journey. But then there are some I know in this room who have probably been saved longer than I've been alive. And the truth is, you have been walking, but it's easy to get into the mindset that I put in my steps. And I wanna encourage you, nowhere in scripture does it say, walk until you're tired and retired and just coast the rest of your life. It says, finish the race. And I wanna encourage you to continue walking with God until he has called you home to be with him for all of eternity. And so this morning, we're gonna look at a gospel image that we find in Matthew chapter 14, where we see, and we often say this passage of scripture is Peter walking on water. That's not the emphasis. The emphasis in this passage is Jesus walks on water and Jesus enables Peter to walk on water. He is the central focus of this passage. And so we're gonna look at Jesus walking on water in Matthew chapter 14. So let's start in verse 22. It says this, immediately he made the disciples, so Jesus made the disciples get into the boat 
and go before him to the other side. The other side is the Sea of Galilee. And so he's telling him, get in the boat, go to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. These crowds are the crowds that Jesus just fed, the 5,000 that with five loaves of bread and two fish, he just fed them. And so he performed this crazy miracle. The crowds want him to stay because they want to turn Jesus into the Roman usurper, that Messiah that they dreamed of. But he's like, no, I'm not here to churn over the Roman government. I'm here to seek and save the lost. And so he's dismissing him because he doesn't want to create a riot. So he's telling them to go. He tells his disciples, get in this boat, head to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and go on this journey. What should have been a short journey. The Sea of Galilee is only about five miles wide. To get across it only takes a couple hours by boat in their time, a little wooden boat. What should have been simple journey ends up being something so much more than that. And verse 23 goes on to say this. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Side note, why do we have personal devotions? Jesus himself prioritized getting alone, being up on the mountain to be with God, to pray. He was dependent on his relationship with his father. When the evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was long way from land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against him. If you're taking notes, my first point is Jesus is always with you. Now, I know in this passage that Jesus has just sent the disciples across to go on a journey. And I know, like the disciples in life, you and I often feel as the disciples do. We're headed across, we have a destination we wanna get to, but it feels as though the winds and the waves of life are pressing against us, that we're always fighting and we're struggling to get to the other side, to get to the place where we, need, we know we need to get to. And here we know that Jesus sent them, they feel separated from Jesus. And I remember there's one time in my life uh, when I was a missionary in Mongolia, I remember what was a, should have been a simple 18 hour bus ride through the plains of the Gobi Desert, uh, end up turning into something so much more. I remember how frustrating it felt when we were on our way back from this camp and we we're headed to Ulaanbaatar and in the middle of what was just the middle of nowhere, it was just planes that went on forever. Our bus that we we're riding in hit a pothole because there was no roads. You just drive through the glass planes, hit a pothole and the oil pan ended up having a huge baseball sized hole knocked into it and we lost all of our oil and our bus broke. And I remember thinking like, this is frustrating. We might actually die out here. We are stuck in the middle of nowhere. The next closest town is probably like four or five to six hours away on foot. And we don't know what we're doing. We're just a couple crazy Americans in the middle of nowhere with people who don't speak our language. And so we had an interpreter with us who had to walk to the nearest town, the next gear that he could find, to find someone to be able to bring us hope. And I remember us in the van, left alone, feeling abandoned. And you can imagine right now, the disciples, they feel abandoned. They feel lonely, they feel lost. They feel like they're fighting against a storm. It's the middle of the night. Because it says, by the boat, by this time it was a long way off. This was evening, this was nighttime. It says they were a long way, long way from the land. We learned in, John, uh, in uh, John that they were about halfway across this river or lake, meaning they were about three mile, miles out. And the wind and the waves was pressing against them. And they are tired and they're struggling. It's the middle of the night. And I remember myself, when we were in the middle of the plains, when we felt abandoned, the hopelessness and the need of a savior that we felt in that moment. And I remember the picture of our interpreter coming over the hills, over the horizon, coming with a van to rescue us and the joy and the presence that we felt that, that he brought to us. And so we lose sight on God's presence because we often focus on the chaos instead of God. 
We feel abandoned in life often because we focus on the wrong thing. It was easy for the disciples in this moment to focus in on the storm, on the burden, on the journey, but they weren't focusing in on what they needed to, and that was God it was always with them. Jesus had not abandoned them, and this is the gospel message. Jesus is always with you. You see, in Matthew 14, in verse 25, it goes on to say this, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And such a beautiful picture here. Imagine this is in the midst of the storm. Jesus is confidently and courageously walking on water through the storm. It's the gospel image here. He walks into our chaos, into the storms of our life. He walks into this world, into the midst of where we feel abandoned to come to our aid. Verse 26. But when the disciples saw him, this is what's so funny, walking on the sea, they were terrified. And he said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Meaning like Jesus is with you, take heart, it is I, which is a direct reflection of what Moses learned about who God is. When God proclaimed himself to Moses, he said, who has sent you? Tell them, I am has sent you. Now who has arrived to the disciples' aid? I am has arrived. Jesus is saying, take heart, it is I. It's a reflection of God in the gospel that Jesus has come. He's come to be with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And so we find, he says, take heart, it is I. But this is not the only time Jesus encourages his disciples with that phrase, take heart. Pastor Daniel shared it in our prayer moment in John 16, In this world, you have tribulation, but take heart. How can we take heart? How can we have courage in the midst of our storms? How can we have courage when things are pressing against us and we feel the burden of life and the heaviness of what we're fighting against? We can take heart because it is I who is with us, because I am, because I, Jesus, has overcome the world. And so we see that Jesus is proclaimed, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And I know we, the disciples say it's a ghost at first, but you can't blame them for that. They're fishermen. I mean, they spent their lives hearing pirates' tales and fishermen's tales. They hear the legends of old. And so at first they're scared, but Jesus wants to encourage them. And I want to encourage you today, like Jesus is saying to the disciples, take heart, God is with you. Jesus is always with you. You can take heart because it is the great I am, the star breather, the King of kings and the Lord of lords that is in the midst of this chaos of the world that we live in, walking with you. We walk with Jesus as believers. God has not abandoned you. God is always with you. There was not a Cowboys game that was on that caught him up. There wasn't a tournament he had to go to. He has not abandoned you. He will chase you down in the midst of the storm to be with you. And he says, take heart, it is I. You know, this is a mental image. I always have to give myself to remind myself. You know, we need to note that Jesus is one who sent them out into the storm. He sent them out on this journey. And often we think in the Christian life, well, wouldn't God just make it easier for us to remove the storm? He had a purpose in the journey. He was teaching and discipling his disciples in this moment. He sent them into the storm for a purpose. And it was to teach them something about faith because see, walking with God is all about utter dependence on Jesus Christ. And in this moment, what do you think the disciples needed most? It was their utter dependence on a savior to come into the midst of their chaos to rescue them. And so here we have Jesus walking in and I love how Spurgeon puts this. He says, the Lord gets his best soldiers out of the valley of affliction. 
Let me say that again. The Lord gets his best soldiers out of the valley of affliction. It's because it is in that moment of burden. It was in that moment of the chaos where they've been fighting and fighting and feeling more and more dependent on need of a savior. The savior has come. God is with them and they see his strength and his majesty. You see, this is where the story, in my opinion, gets crazy. Uh, in, in verse uh, 28, Peter, in response to Jesus saying, take heart, it is I. He says, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. This is why point number two is Jesus is greater than your comforts. Jesus is greater than your comforts. Now, there's many speculations as to why Peter would ask Jesus to have him step out of the boat and get onto the water. Something he was just amazement of like, wow, God is doing this. I wanna do that. Some believe that he might've been testing. No one knows for sure, for sure why Peter asked this, but everyone comes to the same conclusion. They all know that Peter knew the risk involved and stepping out of the boat and doing what man cannot do. He knew the risk, he was a fisherman, he spent his life, he knows that man in water means man sinks. Like we, we won't spend much time afloat, we're going to drown in the water. And he knew the risk that the boat was the only thing keeping him alive. And this is a representative of something in our lives, in our spiritual walks, it's comfort. What's that thing that you keep telling yourself, this is the only thing that is keeping me alive in this moment? Is it a TV show? Is it a drug? Is it addiction? Is it a website? What's the thing that you keep clinging onto? Is it money? Is it wealth? Is it power? Is it children? Is it your spouse? Like, what's that thing that you say, this is the only thing keeping me afloat in the midst of this storm? Because you see, here, Peter, that's the only thing that was keeping him alive. And yet here he's asking Jesus, hey, Jesus, I don't need this comfort. I wanna step out and be on water with you. Because you see, in the comfort, you don't need to depend on anything except for the boat. But the problem is in their time, the wooden ships would eventually capsize to these storms. And I wonder how long your comforts that are keeping you from stepping and walking in faith are holding you back because you're too afraid. You see, we're gonna look a little bit further now later on, but the disciples, the other 12 are still holding on to the boat at the end of the story. And Peter got to learn something. He got to learn what faith truly was. And it was that step of utter dependence to do what he cannot do, but only God can enable him to do. And so we have comforts that hold us back. And that's why I want you to know Jesus is greater than your comforts, but it takes faith. See, Hebrews tells us, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Peter absolutely believed in that moment it was safer to step on water with Jesus and then remain in the comfort of the boat. That is what utter dependence on Christ is. Comfort is described as a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. And I wonder what you are using in your life as a comfort to coast through these storms and hoping you don't capsize. We all know, like Peter, it's better to be on water walking with Jesus than be in the boat, but do we have the courage and the boldness and the faith to utterly depend on Christ to walk on water with Christ, relying fully on him? It takes boldness and courage.
I remember one time when I was in college, uh, when I was 17, I gave my life to the call of ministry. And it was that moment where I truly felt myself stepping in faith in life, like taking that confident step with Christ in faith. And I remember that in college, I had a professor as I was studying a ministry, he looked at me, and this is my second semester of college, and he looked at me and he says, you know what, Kyle? I think you should reconsider your calling. You're not equipped and you're not going to be a good preacher. You're not gonna be a good minister and you look, should look for a new career path. And I remember how disheartening that was in the moment, the profession. This is someone I highly respected telling me, I won't be able to walk on water. I won't be able to get to Jesus. But he was absolutely right. I look back on that and he was absolutely right. You know who can't walk on water? Peter. But you know what he can do? He can step in the calling of Christ. He can step in obedience and utter dependence of Christ. And he can be a man who walks on water, not because he can walk on water, because Jesus enables him to walk on water. For you and I, there's so many times where we have a calling that Christ has called us to go share the gospel to someone, to go to the end of the earth, but we are clinging to the comfort or too afraid to step and do what we cannot do because God wants to place you in a position where he can do through you what you cannot do for yourself, but he can do through you. That's what faith is and walking in obedience to Christ is. And that's why I want you to know Jesus is greater than the storm. See, but when, when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt and I don't think this is the rebuke and how we often, we often read this passage of like, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I think this was a, 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 a time of Jesus talking to Peter saying like, man, Peter, why did you doubt? Like, it is I who is with you. Why would you doubt? I am. You see, the conflict, that, ver, that, that word doubt is the Greek word distazo, which translates as to stand in two ways, or an uncertainty of which way to take. So what was the two ways, and what was the uncertainty of ways for Peter to take? When he stepped out of the boat, he's stepping in utter dependence of Christ. He's walking on water, doing what he cannot do, but only Christ can enable him to do. His uncertainty was when he saw the winds and the waves. They started crying to him, telling him how they're going to destroy him, how they're gonna create fear and wrap him up and weigh him down. And he began to be uncertain. Do I continue to step in boldness and trust of Christ or do I step in fear of the wind and the waves? And here's the problem I always read with this passage. And that is, you know, Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. And I read that as a problem of volume. Like a problem of uh, Peter didn't have enough, like a greater enough amount of faith for him to be able to continue walking on water. It's not the case here. He had enough water, or not water, but faith to step on water initially. So what was the problem? It wasn't the volume, it was the consistency. When Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, he's saying, why did you doubt? And says, like, why did you change your path? Why did you all suddenly step in that faith and continue walking that faith? And immediately you begin to doubt. And when he begins to doubt, that's when he begins to sink. Why were you not consistent in your faith? Why did you not consistently go forward and walking in me? You see, faith is not a commodity that you need more of. Faith is about consistent trust in Jesus to accomplish what he has called you to do. 
Let me say that again. Faith is not a commodity that you need more of. It is a consistent walk and trust in Jesus every step and every breath of your life to do what he has called you to do. So my question is, when you begin to sink, what is the true sign of your faith? What is it you run back to when you begin to sink? You see, Peter had two options. And I think a true signature of his faith was his cry and his prayers. His prayer was, Lord, save me. And I wonder what would I would do if I was in Peter's shoes? Would I cry, Lord, save me? Or would I say, hey, disciples, pull me back into my comfort? Because faith is continuing, pursuing, and walking with Christ. But I think we often get caught up in our lives where instead of crying out to Lord, we crawl back to the boat that's going down anyways. But Peter here still knew that Jesus was the only source of salvation. And so he cries out, Lord, save me. And so what happens? Jesus immediately reaches down and pulls him up. So walking with God means that Jesus is always with you. It means that Jesus is greater than your comforts. It means that Jesus is greater than the storm, but it also means that Jesus deserves all the glory. Remember, the central focus of this passage is not Peter. Like Peter got to do some cool things, but the central focus of this passage is Jesus walking on water, enabling his disciple to walk on water. Everything that happens that is amazing in the story is all because of Jesus. And in your lives, everything that happens that is amazing is because of Jesus. Jesus deserves all the glory. And when they got into the boat, verse 32, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. But here's the thing. Sadly, many of us obviously are not represented by Jesus in this story. We're not often represented by Peter either. We like to think we're Peter and we're stepping in faith, but the reality is majority of us are the disciples who are too scared to step out, but we'll praise God when all good things happen, but we're still sitting in the boat clinging to our comfort. And the sad thing is, I believe many of us don't really know what it means to step in utter dependence of Christ because we didn't take the step that Peter took. Meaning we're holding onto the boat and we're saying thumbs up to you, Peter, and that's amazing. God, you do amazing things. And I, 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 I testify to that. But faith is not for you to do things that you can do with your own willpower and a little bit of elbow grease and sweat. Faith is to step in a position where you are 100% dependent on Christ. Meaning if you don't have him, you're going to drown. And here, Peter was able to experience a moment of stepping and walking with Jesus. And my hope is that we can continue to walk through life seeing that Jesus deserves all the glory. It wasn't Peter's ability that enabled him. It wasn't Peter's courage. It was Jesus who enabled Peter to come onto water and walk. You cannot walk on water, but Jesus can call you to walk on water. Like, like, let me put it this way. There's many of us who have a battle that we face in our lives. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a marriage problem. Maybe there's an issue with your children. I don't know what that storm that you're up against is. I don't know what you've been pushing and you're feeling tired and you're feeling worn down. 
But I know that in our lives, if we look at this, we can see the gospel image of how Jesus comes into our lives. Like you might've been clinging to a boat for comfort, but only Jesus can give you the power to walk away from the boat. You've been battling addiction for years, believing the lie that that's the only thing that's keeping you afloat. But the truth is Jesus has the power to help you stand in power over that addiction. The problem is we rely on the boat for our comfort, but it's going down. You're drowning maybe in depression and anxiety. In the story we learn, God is with us. Jesus is with us, always with us. And in a moment we can cry out, Lord, save me. And what happens in the midst of your storm and your chaos, Jesus can reach his arm down and he can pull you up. We cannot walk on water is a true statement, but Jesus can command you to walk on water. That's also a true statement. He says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. We need to anchor everything in our lives in this. It's Jesus who's with us. It is the creator of the heavens and earth who walks through life with you. And you can live without fear because you see, when we admit our deficiency, when we admit our deficiency, we are ready to rely and embrace Jesus's sufficiency. When we admit our deficiency, we can fully embrace Jesus' sufficiency. So my question for you this morning is, are you willing to step in utter dependence of Jesus? Or are you gonna be like my son Hudson? You see, we bought him a bike for Christmas and he loves it. It's a pedal one. He had this little push one that you use your legs to push around, but now he's got one with pedals and he loves it. It's got a helmet. But the problem is, He wants to coast on it. He doesn't actually want to pedal because that takes work. And so he gets on our driveway and he'll ride all the way down our driveway. He gets to the bottom of the driveway and he'll look at us and say, hey, I need help. Push me up. Like get me back up to the top so I can coast again. And I think what we see that is that's exactly what the disciples in the boat are doing. They're just coasting in that moment. They're not learning what it means to begin to move in strength and the power of Christ. And I teach my son, pedal. You can move your feet and pedal and you can go. I'm teaching him the struggle and the burden. What he's learning is that he has the ability to do it. He can face that uh, problem that he wants to get back up the hill. He can do it if he just pedal himself. So my question is this morning, are you willing to step in dependence of Christ? Are you willing to take a step in the faith, in faith in Jesus's victory? The gospel reminds us that because of our relationship with Jesus, we have peace with God as well as access to the peace of God. Walking with Christ means we have Jesus always with us. And because Jesus is with us, we can always take heart that there is no storm strong enough. There's no wave big enough. There's nothing in this world that can tear you down and separate you from the love of God. He is always with you. That's what I love about the story of the good shepherd. You see, Jesus tells the story of a shepherd who leaves the 99 to do what? To go get the one lost sheep. And when he gets to the sheep, and what I love about the story and the parable he shares is that he picks up the sheep and he carries it home, meaning he's guaranteeing that sheep is coming home. And I think we forget that, that we often feel in life when we hit burdens, that we've been abandoned and maybe the shepherd has forgotten about us. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus finds his greatest warriors through the valleys of affliction. And I want you to know that he has not abandoned you. 
Jesus is always with you. He's greater than your comforts. He's greater than the things that you're clinging to and finding hope and peace in. He's greater than the storm, the winds and the waves that rage against your life. I don't know what those are, but the things that are pressing against you in this moment and in this season, he is greater than those things and he deserves the glory and all glory because of the victory he enables you to have in walking through those by his power and his strength. And so there's three people in this room. There are those who probably have never, like Peter, stepped out of the boat yet. They haven't truly learned what faith means to step in utter dependence, meaning you're not sure what's gonna hold tomorrow. You're like, like as Jesus says, like, don't worry about tomorrow. The birds have their nest. Like, don't worry about that. You're still trying to plan what your, what your job's gonna do, what your meals are, what everything's gonna be like. And he's saying, no, take faith that I have control, that I'm greater than the storm. Step in utter dependence of me. Or maybe you're in this room and you've stepped, but you're not moving. You've got that exciting first step, that thrill. Could you imagine Peter when he steps out of the boat with the first thing he feels is that thrill he has of doing what he cannot do? Some of us immediately get swamped with fear and we forget to begin walking in obedience until we get to Christ. And so we don't even follow through with baptism. We don't follow through with the initial steps of faith. Or maybe you're in this room and you have been walking, but the winds and the waves and the enemy wants to tear us down and he wants to hurt us. The enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy us. And you see the shouts and the the scary storm of life coming against you. And now you're feeling fear. You're feeling anxiety. You're feeling doubt. And you're wondering, what should I do? And I'm here to encourage you, continue walking in utter dependence and consistently in Christ. And finally, maybe... You've been stepping for some years with Christ and you've been walking, but it's not time to finish. You race to finish, to get to the prize, and that is Jesus Christ. They continue pushing forward to the goal of being in the arms of Christ. And here's the reality. Those who've been walking for some time, God has given you a testimony of faith. You've walked through your storms and you have a testimony that you can share to those who are still sitting in a boat worried about whether or not they can get out of the boat. He's given you a testimony to encourage those who walk with God. He's given you a testimony of telling them how they can utterly depend that they can truly trust in Christ because God is giving you that story. God allowed the disciples to face the storm because now they have a testimony that God is greater than your comforts. He is always with you. He's greater than the storm and he deserves all the glory. So this morning, my question for you is, what step do you need to take? What step is it that God is having you take next? Is it that step of faith? Is it that step of consistency? Is that step of finishing the race. God is always with you. He's greater than your comforts. He's greater than the storm and he deserves all the glory. There's one story I wanna leave you with. When I was 21, I just, you know, I just had that professor tell me how I was never going to be able to uh, be great in ministry. I wasn't gonna be able to preach and teach and he was absolutely right. I can't do any of those things. I'm utterly dependent of Christ every second of every day to be able to do what he's called me to do. Every time I try to struggle with my own strength, I end up finding myself in a position of burden and and hardship. 
And I remember when I was 21, I had stepped into an interim pastor position at my church I grew up in. And I spent a year just absolutely plugging away, doing everything I could to grow this ministry. And it was after a year of being in this ministry, uh, I really thought like I put in all this hard work, I put in all this effort and I was getting to the other side. I was getting to where God wanted me to be. And the reality was I was focused on the wrong thing. I wasn't focused on Christ in the midst of the season. I was focused in on success. And we had seen the ministry grow and amazing things happen. And I thought in my mind like, yes, I'm going to get this job. They're gonna hire me. It's going to be amazing. But after a year of striving and being in this interim position, seeing the ministry grow, seeing salvation, seeing baptisms, the senior pastor looked at me and said, Kyle, we love you. We think you've absolutely killed it, but we're not going to give you the position because you're not married yet. And I remember feeling a moment of utter defeat of like, what was the point all along? Like, why would I go through this year putting in all this effort, fighting for what is right, going down this path, and to find myself in this spot? It's because God had a different plan for my life. He wanted me to learn something that I'd been missing all along. I've been focused on the wrong things. And immediately what followed that was I went overseas and began serving in Mongolia. And I remember in that season in Mongolia, again, I still hadn't learned to walk with God yet. I still falling in certain steps of obedience, but time and time again, different scenarios would come in where God would allow hardship to come into our lives, whether it was spiritual attacks or whether it was just uh, physical attacks or whatever it was that we were facing. And I remember we, my friends and I, we were sitting down in the tent and we were just asking each other, like, why is this so tough? Like we're walking with God, at least we thought we were. And yet we're facing all this hardship and all this burden. And what we had forgotten along the way is we thought that we were doing good things. We thought that we were walking on water. We thought that we were accomplishing great things. And like the story, we often focus on the wrong thing. We focus on Peter. And I remember reading this with my friends. We, were, we, we realized we kept focusing in on G, uh, Peter and the boldness that it took to step out of the boat. We didn't focus in that Peter could do nothing, but it was only in the power of Christ that he could walk on water. And so from that day, we began telling ourselves and reminding ourselves of prayer that everything we do will say that is not for our glory. It is for their growth and God's kingdom. And so we began from that moment walking under dependence of Christ and we watched them do things that we could never do. And I'm here to call you in 2022 to begin to be dependent on Christ and walk in utter dependence of him and see him do what only he can do when you're utterly dependent on him. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. We can't do amazing things, but it is through our dependence on you, we can watch you enable us to walk on water, not because we want to, not because we can, but because you are the almighty King of kings and Lord of lords. There are seasons where we strive and we have storms that wage against us and we feel burdened, we feel broken, we feel the hardship and we're struggling and we need strength God, I pray that we find strength in knowing the gospel message and that is Jesus is always with us. You are always with us, even in the midst of our big storms. 
God, I pray that we remember not just in the big storms, but even in the little storms, you have not abandoned us, but you are always with us. And in those storms, you are greater than those things that we've been clinging to for comfort, that we can boldly step away from those and trust and utter dependence of you. God, that you are greater than the storm and that we can always see your goodness and your grace. And that is a thing that motivates us. We step not because, and we walk not because we can, we walk because we see the love that you've given us through your son, Jesus. We see the love that you've given to us through the cross, how you've died on the cross to pay for our debt, that you came into the midst of our storms to set us free so we could walk in your freedom and your grace and your power. God, I pray in 2022 that we can begin walking with you in utter dependence every way, not focusing in on the storms, but focusing in solely on you. God, it's in your holy and precious name we pray these things.